Yo, right guys, we'll see you come down in a minute. Just need my glasses. Yo, Mira. I'm just sorting out the uh, questions and we get rocking. Yo, Minish. Got my studio set up, all the lights in. Hey, right. Boom. Right. I'm just waiting for the questions, guys. I'm just waiting on the printer. Where's when... that? I can tell you the first one. What's it printing? Oh, no, it's okay. We'll wait till everyone comes on, then we'll get cracking. Okay. So, right, guys. I think we have uh, 40 questions to get through. Um, you never know. I may not get through all of them. So, it may have to be a part one and a part two uh just as you lot know i uh, can probably talk too much okay so yo hands up boom uh it's coming, it's just coming out on two pages of a4 so i'm printing it it's two pages of a4 so there's not that many questions um but we'll diverse into them in a minute does anyone got any questions now if anyone knows what i've been doing today i have been baby shopping not literally. Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, got a baby. baby advisory at John Lewis. Two hours. That was long, but quite informative actually. Come on, how long does it take? PA. That's the first page. Boom! Right, we got it. So look, that's the first page. That is a lot of questions. Oh, hang on, it's okay. Uh, and then, I'll just waste the piece of paper for a small one, right? Do apologise to the trees. Uh, can't always win. So, let's get this show cracking. All right, I just want to drop this down a little bit because I want to be able to sit down. Right, guys, so the first question on Ricky's uh, top 40, it must have took him a while to write these, is what's your favourite coffee shop? Starbucks, Costa or other? Hmm. That's an interesting one. We could go back in time. I could start probably back in, what would now, 2016. So prior to 2016, I would have said I'm a massive uh, Starbucks fan, right? And when I say massive, um, Starbucks used to be my, in essence, sanctuary. I'd go study there. If anyone's been to Firmiston, there used to be Firmiston. You used to go upstairs and used to be a long table in the back right hand corner. Um, I used to go up there and that used to be my sanctuary in terms of obviously getting my head down, studying, getting my laptop out um, and Starbucks was my thing. Uh, in essence, if I go back in time uh, and tell you how big the habit was with uh, Starbucks, I was probably in the excess of spending £50 per week, uh, minimum that is, at Starbucks. Um, so as you can appreciate, probably Starbucks was my uh, favourite coffee shop. Uh, now, if you ask me, it's essence, it's convenience. So uh, the coffee at the gym's nice. That's always, always a good one. Um, probably the one that I most live on nowadays. Uh, but in essence, I like um, Costa's in obviously down the road in Syston from me. So in essence, uh, I just favour for me now. I favour the most least resistance. So if, if if Costa's down the road, Costa's down the road. Um, and in essence, now I'm not, I don't really have a favouritism. Uh, but back in the day, Starbucks was number one. If anyone's not ever read uh, Starbucks's book, um, I think it's called The Starbucks Experience uh, by Michelle Joseph, it may have been. 
Um, great book to read. Uh, it talks about the journey of Starbucks, um, how the CEO left and then came back. Um, pretty much like Steve Jobs, uh, how he left Apple and then came back and made it magnificent. The same thing happened in Starbucks. So it's a great book. Um, I do recommend watching it. So, yo Lena, yo Bab, yo Jazdeep. Yes, Sam, yo Pooja, yo. Um, so yeah, Starbucks was my favorite, but not no more. Right, number two. <laughs> wow, this is a good one. <laughs> if we was having, if as if we was having a coffee, if you were to have a coffee or drink from Starbucks or Costa or or wherever, and you're not counting calories, what would you order? Size and drink. Pretty much, I'm a flat white guy. Um, it's interesting. Um, I do like. I used to like lattes. Uh, I still do to some degree, but not as much. Um, sometimes I find them too hot, uh, which then ruins the actual taste of it. But for me, flat white all the way. Uh, if I had to compare flat white from Starbucks to Costa, I'd say Starbucks uh, wins on that front. Uh, but for me, it'd be a flat white, and in essence. Um, that's what it would be. It wouldn't be a hot chocolate or a gingerbread latte. I think Hina's watching. I think she likes these sort of things. So they, they're they not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, now, don't get me wrong. One in a blue moon is always uh, nice. But Starbucks, uh, it would be a flat white. How did you develop confidence? Wow. Uh, it's an interesting question. It depends where you, where, where you, what domain you're asking. If I start with the gym... Where they develop confidence, I think for me personally, and probably this will probably um, apply to all of you, I think confidence, de uh, you, the more I learn, the more confidence I get. Um, so the more I indulge in books, the more I indulge in audios, the more I indulge in nutrition, the more I indulge in relationships, mental health, etc. the more typically I develop confidence. Um, you probably all heard me speak about different forms of relationships or nutrition or mindset and stuff. And I can talk about it because I have great confidence in it because one, I, I do it personally, but two, I, am, uh, I preach it and plus I learn it, okay? So personally, confidence comes around by knowing the subject you, you want to talk about. Now, there'll be some subjects, for example, if you ask me uh, menstrual cycle, do I know it? Yes. Do I know uh, parts of it? Yes. Uh, Confidence-wise, if you ask me to do an hour uh, PowerPoint presentation on it, would I, would I shit myself? Yes. Um, so would I have to learn more about it? Yeah. All right. So that's where, again, that's why I'm going back to confidence. Confidence, I believe, for me personally, is established through learning and self-learning of books, audios, podcasts, etc. And life and obviously life experiences as well. Um, but yeah, that's where I fundamentally get mine. And also confidence for me comes from obviously um, not being afraid of fear. Uh, like, like I said, if you ask me what the book what changed my life to some degree, I definitely hold it in regards to, is um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffrey. Um, the moment I read that book, the moment I realized that a lot of the thoughts and feelings I had towards the things I wanted to achieve or obstacles I fought in front of me were actually my own thoughts and my own demons. Um, but the book allowed me to open up. Now, that was one massive area for me. Um, so yeah, feel the fear and do it anyway. Just like, for example, I said to the team, if you ask me to do a Facebook Live in the Insider, uh, obviously for the UFET members, in essence, I'm very comfortable. I know you lot, you know me, so I can be very comfortable in how I speak and how I present myself. If you ask me to do a Facebook Live on the main page like I'm doing now, do I, um, am I, do I get nervous? Yes. 
Um, but again, if you come back to that theory of feel the fear and do it anyway, feel the fear and do it anyway, and then guess what? It is what it is in uh, Bav's saying. Uh, but again, that's how confidence develops as well. Confidence develops by doing the actual thing that you are scared of, in my opinion. Um, so, yes, Ricky, how did I develop confidence? That way. Now, number four. We're going through these quite quick. This is not bad. Uh, number four. How would you advise someone? And guys, I'm going to be honest. These questions I read, but if you ask me, have I thought about it in detail? No. So you're going to get the straight the, the, the opinion what comes into my mind uh, the, or the first answer, which is probably the best one uh, in, in essence, uh, rather than me overthinking them. So number four, how do you? How would you advise someone else to build to go about building confidence? Pretty much what I just said previously, right? If you look where, if you had to write, if you had to, if you had a whiteboard. Definitely need a whiteboard in this office, by the way, guys. So uh, I might have to buy one uh, because I could probably do a lot more with it. But if I had a if I had a whiteboard and uh, I put myself in the middle, so put my if I put Sam in the middle, I would literally pull off where my weakness is. Has anyone's ever in business? You ever heard of SWOT analysis, right? Strengths, weaknesses, um, opportunities, and threats. Uh, it's all about business and they're, they're normally about your competitors but you can do it on yourself as well so you can look at your strengths but you can look at your weaknesses uh, and stuff like that but for me in essence of confidence I put my name in the middle and just ask myself where I don't have confidence right and if I can figure out where I don't have confidence then I'd explore the possibility of challenging myself to develop confidence in that area so like I said earlier one of them confidence was uh, talking on Facebook uh, because remember when you when you preach into the outside world or in essence, Leicester or the world, for example, you're putting yourself out there. Sometimes putting yourself out there is scary because you feel like you're going to be judged. The first thing you, you lot will probably think, uh, if you're anything like me, is you're going to get judged, right? No one knows you, but you get judged anyway, right? It's, it's, it's natural, it's subjective, so you can get judged quite rapidly. Um, so my advice about building confidence is if you want to talk about something particular, make sure you know it. Um, like the back of your hand. Now, there's always going to be questions that you may not know the answer to, and the best thing in them scenarios is just be open and honest that you don't know the answer, but you go you go and research it and give them the answer. But typically, if you want to develop confidence in a certain area, it's about developing that certain area, right? And you may develop, and you may have to come back to the drawing board, look at it again, develop again, and so forth and so forth. But remember, confidence is is built over time. It's it's like anything in life. It's a foundation. If you have a foundation and you build on that and build on that and build on that, eventually you start to become very confident in what you do. Okay. Uh, so me building confidence, self analyze, ask yourself where you're weak what areas you want to develop confidence, whether it's relationships, whether it's going on dating, whether it's on dating websites, whether it's career-driven, uh, whether it's in fat loss, whichever it is, right? Ask yourself where your weakness and where you want to build confidence. So, example, um, if I wanted to build build confidence in myself for self-worth or self-image, uh, how I look in the mirror, then that would be fundamentally, that may be triggered towards food. It may be triggered towards... Um, uh, alcohol um maybe triggered towards chocolate whatever my triggers are i've got to develop um a lot of understanding and the confidence around them so i can feel like i can overcome them okay so yeah going back to it confidence is built from uh studying but also self-analyzing in my opinion how often do you check social media in your personal and not professional uh in a personal and not professional ca uh, capacity how often do you check social media in a personal, not professional capacity? Wow. Um, if you look all on Facebook, you'll probably see I have a personal account on Facebook. Um, the picture, I believe, is when uh, very old, probably when I was in Paris. 
Um, if you ask me, have I logged into that account lately? Um, no. Uh, in essence, now my world or social media revolves around work. Um, so, in essence, do I do I run it personally? I can look personally and search for people and research for people. But if I if you have to tell you honestly, it's more about um, looking at mentors, looking at different things like that, look at different avenues and stuff like that. That's how I use it. But again, I relate that to work, um, and that's how I typically go about it. I don't really look at it in social time. In essence, I'll probably be in a, a bit honest. If I didn't have to use it for business, uh, I probably wouldn't use it at all. To be honest, uh, I don't feel I need it. I don't. I don't gain it personally. I don't gain it. if I, as I was on it personally. I don't really gain anything from it, unless, for example, like you got, we've got the youth insider, which is boom, which I'd have to be a part of that. Um. Okay, well, number five, number six. What are your views on social media use in personal and not professional capacity? Same principle, really. Um, what I'd do if I was um, if I was a client, for example, I'd probably use uh, social media uh, scarcity, scarcity, scarily, if that's the word. Uh, let's just say use it minimally. Uh, I'd use it in minimal doses. Um, so, for example, if you're a member of the studio, for example, and you want to check on what UFIT is doing or what the updates are in terms of the studio, etc., etc. I'd check on it probably in the morning and the evening, right? But if then, I'll probably check for an hour, an hour, done, right? Um, so if you really, if you really want to establish, um, if you really want to, the thing, okay, if anyone's, I think it's, uh, I think it's Simon Sinek's, there's a video on it, eight, uh, and there's also, there's something, um, I saw the other day by Dermot, I think it's Dermot, um, who does the X Factor. He did a post, uh, who? O'Leary. Uh, I did a post on Just uh, just Talk. Um, it's about mental health. Uh, but I think the biggest capacity, what we all do, we, we put our lives on social media and I think we stop progressing um, personally with into, into, into personal skills, like developing communication skills and stuff like that. I think that's a massive thing, not only in children, but in adults as well. Um, so if I had if I had to give anyone any advice, it'd probably just go on there twice a day, right? Uh, personally, right? Uh, again, like I said, mine's evolved around the business, so I'm now on there a little bit more. But in essence, um, I don't run it personally, right? I don't find any uh, beneficial elements of it. Sugar-free juice, guys. If you have any questions, buy them, guys. You can shoot them as well. So I've got 40 questions and my throat is getting pretty dry as it is. Right. Um, with number seven, okay. Oh, this is a good one. I answered this one already. Right. As you fit grows, how will you maintain the environment that you have been that you've been nurtured to ensure members all continue to support each other and the vibes remain the same as good as they are? Um, uh, someone asked me this question in the week, and I'll give you, I'll give, I'll, the members watching you, you'll obviously fully understand this. Um, for me, UFIT has to become the beacon of health, right? Uh, my goal, or I should say, the, the goals of uh, the team, etc., are to make UFIT a beacon of health. And when I say a beacon of health, I want people to think in Leicester, UFIT. That's it. That's all, that's all I wanted to think. Imagine uh, where to go for the health, UFIT. Where to go for change of lifestyle, UFIT. Where to go for mental health, UFIT. Right? Fundamentally, I want UFIT to become a beacon of health. Now, 
there's obviously always barriers to becoming the beacon of health, but there's always challenges. So in essence, for example, how does UFIT grow? UFIT will grow with technology. Now, a lot of you are seeing um, a lot of areas of technology being developed. Um, you probably don't see it all, the things will go in the background, but collectively, for example, as UFIT develops, technology has to develop. Now, I'm only three years in, but I'm building my, we are building our own software to cope with the demand of the service that we like to achieve, right? So software development is massive. But also, for example, the main reason why UFIT's got to grow, and this isn't to say, guys, UFIT's not got to grow to 500 or 600 or 700 members, right? It doesn't need to. Uh, fundamentally, if I got to that size, if you ask me, would the um, culture develop change, would um, how people feel in that environment change and all the questions what uh, Rick has asked change? Yes, the would. I'm not asking to that, but for example, you've got to think logically. If UFIT wants to be bigger, so if I want a new site and I want 50 car park spaces, for example, we're not talking 100 grand, we're talking 2 million, right? So it's just fundamentally, if it got to that size and I could have a 10,000 square foot gym and it could have maybe four, 350 members, 400 members, and it gave me a service of a calf, crash, etc., etc. For example, fundamentally, then it's done, okay? But to get to that level, the gym has to grow uh, in order to move site, give you better parking, give you better uh, facility all around, etc. So it's got to grow. Uh, but again, trust me, I'm aware of keeping the culture, but I think part of the culture that we develop is through the team that we have um, and the five-star they give. Um, so I think the easiest one to answer that was, um, I'm going to be honest, the fundamental... The fund As we grow, Ricky, um, that's never lost. That thought is always uh, number one priority. If you take the you and you fit, it's you members. You're the center of our universe. So every decision we make is to in ensure that the environment maintains the same or in essence gets better. Um, so don't worry about that one. I'll keep that one top of mind awareness. Um, number eight, have you ever refused to take new members on for whatever reason? Uh, yes, I have. Um, the... Scenario is, for example, a lot of people at UFIT, UFIT is a unique place. In essence, some people even say it's a cool, some people even say it's exclusive. Now, do I like that? Yeah, right? Uh, do you all like that? Yeah. But you've got to appreciate one bad apple is um, a caveat to everyone, right? So don't get me wrong, I've sat down in consultations before and strategies and I'm speaking to someone and yeah, they may have money, but fundamentally the vibe that they bring or the personality they bring, they just don't fit. Right, and then you have to question what they what they thinking or what they what they want out of it. So if they're not the right fit, if they don't match the values of the company, then fundamentally, yeah, there's no point being there. Right, fundamentally, go to a different gym. Right, I'm not really fussed because um, inevitably they'll always want to come back, but they can't. Um, here's okay, number nine. Have you ever considered or would you ever move abroad before you retire old? Number, oh, wow. Number nine is really long. So let's go back. Have you ever considered or would you ever move abroad before you eat, before you retire slash old? If you won 10 million on the lottery or get, or someone gave you 10 million, what would you do? And would you quit you fit and do and doing what you do? Um. <laughs> Okay, so personally, 
If I take the first question, I'll break it down. What are you looking for? Credit card. Just there. No. Oh. Personally, uh, I would love to retire abroad. Now, I don't know if Danny's on board with that. Um, but personally, I could see myself retiring abroad. Um, again, whatever. And when I say retire, guys, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I could ever retire. Um, retirement to me would probably be 40 hours a week. Uh, that's how I would see personally retirement. Um, some of you that may maybe seem strange, uh, but when you work the hours I work, uh, 40 hours a week would probably seem uh, balanced to me. Um, but yeah, uh, to some degree, I'd like to retire maybe abroad. Uh, but again, depends on circumstance, depends on family, depends on where my children are, etc. Um, so uh, it's an idea. It's something to always dream about, maybe, and something to aim for. Uh, but never say never. Um, if I won the lottery, the interesting thing is, it's a caveat this question because if I won the lottery, I'd feel that I'm not. I don't deserve the, to win it. That's part of it. So if someone gave me 10 million, I wouldn't feel worthy of having 10 million. So then I'd probably, even though I'd, have, I'd be quite rich, very rich, I'd probably feel um, my self-worth, um, uh, best way to put it, probably low, diminish, uh, because I don't think I've earned it, right? Um, if you think about it, literally, things like logically, a lot of people who get, win the lottery for 10 million, for example, win the lottery, but then spank it all uh, because they don't know the value of money, but also they didn't earn it, right? I think when you earn your worth or earn your money, I think you look at money very differently. Um, so if someone gave me 10 million, I, don't, I couldn't tell you, like it, might, it probably changed me uh, in many ways, but it probably changed me in ways that I probably won't want to uh, probably envision. Um, but if someone gave me, if someone invested 10 million, I said, oh, Sam, I've got 10 million to invest into Ufit. Would I take it? All day, uh, with, depending on what they wanted for it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I won't quit Ufit if, someone, if someone's willing to invest. I'd actually make Ufit thrive and obviously become the beacon of health. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't like that. The idea of being, being given 10 million excites me in one time. Now I can go do this, 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 and this. But on another hand, based on my personality, I probably wouldn't like it, okay? I probably, probably resent it a lot. It probably changed me too much as well. Um, so therefore, I'd rather earn it. I hope that answers that question. Um, number 10. Did you be a professional footballer or just play for fun? Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Um, professional football all day. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, if you don't think you're going to make it as a kid, then what are you doing the sport for? Um, again, that's my probably mum speaking, but uh, yeah. Uh, did I want a professional footballer? Yes, I did. Right? Why? It's hard. It's obviously, if you see the papers, the money they get paid nowadays, the lifestyle they lead, etc., etc. It's what, what most boys want to aspire to, right? Um, but, for example... Um, I love football from a young age. I loved it that much. I was very uh, personally. I'd say I was very good at it, and a lot of people would probably agree with that. Who either played with me or uh, managed me or coached me, they'll probably say the same thing. Um, but did I ever get to that pinnacle of uh, pushing to that career? No, right. I think it's timing and place of time and uh, where you are in life. 
uh, I think, personally. I think professional footballers now are getting snapped up. Even though Jamie Vardy got snapped up late, I think a lot of footballers now are snapped up at the age of seven. Right? If you're not snapped up by the age of seven, I think you find it very challenging. Uh, but yeah, as I got older, um, so as I got to <coughs> 18, did I start to play for, did I, did I play for fun? No. Football was fun, that's the problem. Football from every age was fun. It was uh, challenging, it was competitive. Um, did it hate losing? Yeah, flipping hate losing. If you ask me, for example, if someone was running from the halfway line to the goal and I had to foul them not to score, would I have done it? Yeah, so... Again, that winning mentality would have came in and I would have done anything to win, um, literally. Um, but yeah, I played football for fun all the time. Uh, but professionalism it was obviously the ultimate aim. If you did want to become a professional but didn't make it, how did you feel? Did you feel overcome? Uh, to be honest, Vicky, uh, I'm going to be honest. Like I said, I had an opportunity, I think I was 16 at the time. Uh, I went to Warsaw for trials. Um, but when I went to Warsaw for trials, when you're 16, when I was in the, uh, the changing room, when you look around the changing room, this is Warsaw Football Club, when you, look at, when you look at the lads my age at 16, they were built. And when I say built, 16-year-olds, they were more muscly than me, stronger than me, physically, mentally, on a different ball level. Right, literally, like if you take, I thought I was good, when it, but when you go to these places, and you remember when you're training in tactic, uh, tactics and formation and so forth and so forth, these have been ingrained in it, mate. These these ran as ragged. There was myself uh, and two other chaps, um, Steve, I think it was, and Matthias, three of us. They ran as ragged. They was just too good. So to go to to try and get in it, it was just too good. So in the end, in the end, you it's like anything. In the end, you start to look at your career and go, actually, like I did. I, st I, I don't play football anymore. I stopped football when I was twenty. I think it's twenty twenty one. I fell out of love with it. And you, it's like anything. You fell out. You fall out of love with it. It doesn't mean um, I hate it, but I just fell out of love with it. I fell out of love with playing it. Right? Because it, um, it became, it became too competitive. Not competitive. It came. It just. It, the, the short game, it became long ball game. Uh, the fun or the excitement just went to politics. Um, it's just different, right? So remember I was uh, 16, 17, playing for Aberston Football Club. Uh, a lot of men. And why it's great, but also there's a lot of politics. The manager has his favourites uh, and so forth and so forth. So and eventually I just fell out of love with football. Um, so how did it make me feel? I accepted it. I weren't good enough. That's fundamentally. Or could I say it wasn't good enough? I could say it wasn't good enough, but wasn't seen at the right time. I could say both. <clears throat> but I can't sit here now and say, uh, I'll take that back. It's just what it is, what it is. So if you become a footballer, if anyone watching this and some become a footballer, they make it to the top, good luck to them. That was in the right place, right time. Uh, I just wasn't. So at the end of the day, that's the, it is what it is in Bab's saying. Uh... Okay, number 12. Wow, number 12. Whew. Um, got a lot of questions there. 28 minutes left. Uh, outside your immediate family, who would you say has been the biggest influence on your life so far? <laughs> outside your immediate family, who would you say has been the biggest influence on your life so far? 
Okay, that one's a challenge one. Uh, I'd say um, the biggest one. Uh, just... Okay, it depends how it depends how you look at it. I think, like for example, I would look at people like. I'd look at other gym owners uh, who are big, and when I say big, like proper big, uh, and look at them, uh, and they ins they inspire me. The things they talk about, the things that their approaches and stuff, they inspire they inspire me. So therefore, do they influence me? Uh, not necessarily uh, directly, but indirectly they do. Um, so in essence, do they influence me and in how I work and how I push? Yes. Um, for example. Um, does someone like Steve Jobs influence me? Yes. Does someone like Bill Gates influence me? Yes. Does someone like Elon Musk influence me? Yes. Why? Because of their work ethic. Um, so again, it's not directly, but indirectly do they? Yes, massively, right? A lot of people like that. Um, and you obviously, Ricky, you give me Ray, uh, Ray Dalio's book. Um, if you listen to his book and how I became a billionaire investor, right? Wow, he, the amount of hours he put in, phenomenal, right? But if you look at what he created and what he achieved, magnificent okay so again directly indirectly is an influence there's another chap called uh jose Asenso. he was my coach uh at Nunebra. uh he was a good guy massive uh in essence he would um how can i put it he would if i had a football game away i'd he'd let me stay at his house so i was the only player to stay at his house uh with his wife um they'd look after me they'd feed me um He'd have good old chats, life lessons. Uh, he used to play for Portugal, so he had some good stories. Uh, so he's a good one. Um, I'd say Rakesh is another one, personally. Uh, if anything, Rakesh... Wow. That was a dog. Uh, Rak Rakesh... Just like, just, just like Rakesh's name, obviously. Um, but, for example, Rakesh would probably be a good one. Um, I speak to Rakesh on a week-by-week -week basis. Um, he's probably my soundboard. In terms of a lot of things I go go on in business, but also in work as well. So, yeah, they're my uh, in essence influencers. Uh, number thirteen. How many times a week do I train now? Uh, that's probably zero to one. Um, what do you think is the biggest problem in the health and fitness industry right now? What do you think the biggest problem in health and fitness industry right now? Uh, I think the biggest problem in the industry right now is um, it's not um, it's too easy to become qualified. Personally, it's uh, too easy. Now, you lot members watching this, you know how I coach. You know the way at my philosophy. You know how. I like to get in all areas of your life. You know, for example, nutrition is just one element. You know, I like to know the other side. Yeah, mental health, you know, training is another part. But for example, if you look at the most average personal trainer coming into the industry, fuck me. Uh, it's a little bit scary. Uh, because even if you, if a lot of you went to a David Lloyd's or a Greens, uh, or even if you've got a personal trainer, you'll probably find the professional professionalism that they have um, they don't take it seriously enough. Um, so I think the biggest the biggest problem in, in our industry now is that uh, qualifying as a personal trainer, people don't take it professionally enough and don't upskill themselves um, and just think training the client is what it is. Um, but actually in reality, that's only a small piece of the pie. So I think it's just too easy to get qualified. Um, 
and not enough not enough decent resources to help coaches develop. Uh, do I do I think they have to go uni? Um, it could be. Uh, the future could be like that because you could go uni. You could be do a bit of um, what's the word psychological. You could do a bit of mental. Oh, I've lost the word. You could do a bit. You could do physical. You could do physical. You could do a bit of um, mental health. For example, you could do a bit of um, active. You could do, look at a bit of recovery a little bit more in terms of obviously the heart and be go down a bit of like a doctor route sort of thing. So you could do a. There could be definitely something in the future that gets developed in terms of that for a personal trainer. Because um, in essence, what a personal trainer really means, really in my opinion, is that it's the it's the it's the stop before the doctor. So actually, if we can ease, ease the pressures on the doctors, then we're doing our job. So that's how I look at it. But I don't think there's enough uh, education or quality of assurance in the industry right now. I think you can get qualified, passed and left alone. And when you're left alone, for example, um, you can just do what you fucking want with a client, whether it's good or bad. Um, a lot of people give nutrition advice, but not qualified to do so. So again, uh, I think it's just a, you get qualification and I just think you left your own devices. There's not enough accountability to the actual people who are qualified. If you look at doctors, for example, there's a lot of accountability on them. They have to show their um, CVDs, they have to show their uh, case studies, their proof, etc., etc., etc. It's very accountably, accountably, uh, accountable um, driven industry, um, but personal training. So there's too many dog shit personal trainers um, because there's no accountability. So I think that's the biggest issue with the health industry right now. Biggest myth in the health and fitness industry. Biggest myth. You're laughing, what do you think? Biggest myth in the health and fitness industry right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Biggest myth in the health and fitness industry. Eat more to lose weight. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the biggest myth in the health and fitness industry right now. Eat more to lose weight. My metabolism slowed down, so I need to eat more. Um, right, eat more to lose weight. Yeah, that's the, probably the biggest myth. Or the misconception that, that there's no context behind that, which is the annoying part of it. But definitely eating more to lose weight is absolutely BS. But if I explained it with context behind it, you'd understand it, but I'm not going to do that today. But just hope you understand that. Number 16, flying through now. Woo. Number 16, do you think there's a minimum amount of steps people should be doing e uh, a day? Um, I'm going to be honest, that's, the, uh, that's depending, uh, massively depending on the person, right? And depending on the age. Like a 70 year old woman, if she came to me and was overweight now, would I say do 10,000 steps? Probably not. But on average, we all do around 8,000 steps a day. I'd agree with that. That's where, that's where my preference would lie. Um, it's, a, it's just enough activity to tick a box. Uh, it keeps fairly people active. It, it use less uh, transport. So, yeah, 8,000 steps a day, I'd say. Probably minimum. What? Nothing. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, guys. I'm getting distracted by the dog. Um, how many times... Do you think people should weight resistance or is it dependent on the person's goals? Uh, massively dependent on the person's goals. If someone's uh, goal is to build uh, hypertrophy, so build muscle and strength, it's all about volume and frequency. So for example, if someone's gonna train two times a week and they're gonna build uh, volume, they're gonna get stronger and, and build uh, quality of tissues, 
um, and get bigger? Probably not. Or if they did, it would be a slow burner. Uh, but if you want to build a hypertrophy and get more muscle, you probably have to go four or five times a week, right? If you really want to see a result. Um, so it is um, goal dependent. But on average, most people should be doing anywhere from two to three times weight sessions a week. I'd agree with that. Uh, one, to maintain lean body mass, but to do generally get strong uh, and healthier. Right? Remember, if I was 70 years old, I'd like to be strong. Not strong enough to lift a 150 kilo deadlift, but just be strong. right? Um, so yeah, two to three times a week. Number 18, I watched, I watched Pumping Iron, really interesting. What did you take from it the most? Pumping Iron. Okay, what did I take from it the most? So is anyone, okay, is anyone on this live now watched Pumping Iron? If you have, give me a thumbs up. And I'll have a drink while everyone does that. So no one's watched Pumping Iron. Rishi must have watched Pumping Iron, surely. Um, right, Pumping Iron. What did I get from that? Don't train like a P-U-S-S-Y. That's what I took from that. Right? If, you, if you're going to watch Pumping Iron, get ready to train, because that's what it does, uh, if you're into that sort of thing. But basically, the, the, the thing what I took from it, for example, if you want to get stronger, you want fat loss, get strength, train hard. And a lot of the time, it's all in your head. If you look at... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, background, look at his uh, mentality, it's all about can, 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 can. Uh, so yeah, um, biggest thing I took from Pumping Island, train hard. Oh, oh Ricky, you would ask this one, man, give me a break. So, uh, Ricky's one, um, number, number 18. No, 19. Lots of documentaries about veganism and eating less meat. What are your views on this? Is it just a current hype? The overall context is what we should just eat more vegetables and less meat. Overall context is what we should eat more vegetables and less meat. Um, okay, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I've not, watched, what, I've not watched Games Changes or... A lot of people say I should, but I can't be honest. Personally, I ain't got time. Uh, but in essence, if you look at the context behind it, um, I'd say you're definitely correct. If you look at it as a population, what, what do we do less of now? Um, personally, we do a lot of, um, we don't eat vegetables, right? If you were watching this now, eat more than five servings of vegetables a day, chances are you're not, okay? Um, so in essence, for example, is the vegan mentality or the veganism, the problem is with it, for example, if we say, for example, we rewind, go back 20 years or 30 years and we talk about veganism then, I'd probably agree with a lot of stuff it says. But if you look about now in this day and age, for example, you can go to, um, you can go to Tesco's and buy vegan ice cream, right? You couldn't do that back in the day. Right, so in essence, the problem is with it, we we promote veganism uh, massively, but a lot of people still still don't do it the true way. So they'll tr they'll do dairy free vegan cheese and all these vegan beans and vegan free this and vegan free that, and uh, so never do it uh, fully. Uh, so in simple terms, like you've mentioned, Ricky, just eat more vegetables and a bit of meat. Right, you don't have to meet have meat in uh, context. You don't have to have. Uh, uh, meat for breakfast, meat for lunch, meat for dinner. 
But for example, could you have less processed meat? Of course you could. Remember, if you look at the most meat, what's mostly bad for us, it's mostly processed meat. Um, what most people are addicted to. Um, is red meat bad for you? Yes, in large quantities, I'd agree with that. But grass-fed game, grass game meat with LA bad for you? Not as much, right? But um, definitely I agree with uh, eating more vegetables and um, uh, a few, maybe a few uh, meat dishes and vegan dishes over the course of the week. So I'd like the balance personally. Uh, but if you want my total line opinion, more vegetables all day long. I hope that gives my opinion. Um, 20. Do you have a favourite or should watch documentary on Netflix? Documentary, what have I watched? I'm going to be honest, right? Rishi, mate, Rakesh all day is a proper vegan. Wow, that guy's a proper vegan. Right, B does it probably. So is his wife, new one. No, she's not vegan, she's a vegetarian. Um, documentaries. I'm going to be honest, when it comes to documentaries, it's interesting. I think the only documentaries I watch are about gangsters. Oh, you liked um, Bill Gates? Yeah. So, I got, okay. I like Bill Gates. So, Netflix is Bill Gates' documentary, Inside Bill Gates. That's fascinating as hell. Man, that guy's an encyclopedia, but he's a beast when it comes to working, but knowledge absorbed and how to articulate that knowledge. Bang, that guy's a genius. On the other hand, though, I like, um, I like things and things, uh, documentaries about Pablo Escobar, right? Um, how, for example, he became the richest drug dealer of all time. Why do I like it? I, I, I find it fascinating, um, more than I think. How, how he evaded the police, how he grew, how he grew his army, how, how he took over an empire, etc., etc. I'm just, I get, I get fascinated by it. Um, power. Uh, that's not necessarily a documentary, Rishi. I'm talking about a documentary here, mate. <laughs> Don't not intervening. Not box sets. Um, so, yeah, my uh, documentary is either Bill Gates. Uh, I've watched um, Fronin. Fronin, is it? Fronin? What? Fronin, the, the guy who does CrossFit. Oh, I don't, I don't know what, what the name is. Uh, the guy who won CrossFit like six times. I watched that one. That's a good one. Uh, it's a great one. Um, and then, for example, uh, yeah, a lot. I, wa a lot I, wa I watch a lot of criminal mastermind ones. Um, it just, uh, again, like I said, it just satisfies my mental. Uh, how many books on average do you read a year? <sighs> on average, I'd probably say five. Uh, I'm going to be honest, Ricky, the book, Ray Dalio book, I'm still reading that. And that's, uh, that's got to be four years on now, surely. Um, two years. Two years. But that book is a hard book and that's that pick. Right, more, I'm more into audios. I listen a little bit more now. Um, so, uh, yeah. But in essence, I probably read a lot, but I just read a lot in snippets. If you ask me, if you give me a book, I'd probably read, now I typically, I'd read the, the, the contents of the book, so the first, the content page, and I'd go to the subject what pleases me the most or what I wanted to know. So if I was reading a marketing book, for example, and it's talked about Facebook, I'd probably open the chapter to Facebook and I'd go through the Facebook page. So in essence, you could probably say I get through more books, but if you want to be a total book, it'd probably be five, all right? Uh, but I'd probably listen to more and uh, go into books a lot more than five um, just to keep me uh, growing. Oh, 
Oh God, you're killing me. Right, number 22. Top three books to build in a mindset. Um, have I got some here? Feel the fear, isn't it? One. Um, yeah, just looking. Okay. I got I got I think I've got them. Bear with me. Oh, that these simple ones. So you start me off and get all the books out and it all flies everywhere. Right. So, I've got two of them. I think these are the simple reads. So if you ask me like generally, like what three books to uh, start with to build a good mindset as a building base, it'd definitely be Flip It by Michael Heppel. Massive one, simple. Um, it's like a workbook, which is cool. I like them, but only if you do the work in it. Uh, Feel the fear and do it anyway. Remember, badass book. And, um, building a mindset. Uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That'd be my free. Uh, um, top three books for managing, building, business, wealth. That's an interesting one. Uh, Top three books for managing business wealth. One, I like the, um, what is it called? The Secrets of a Millionaire Mindset. I like the Millionaire Mindset. I like do like that one, uh, just from understanding. Um, Jack Canfield, I've got that book. Um, so Jack Canfield is a good book. Uh, the Success Principles. And uh, Ray Dalio's book is probably a good book as well. Again, I've probably got more books, but they're the only ones coming to mind. Uh, top three books in every ever in any category. Feel the fear, do it anyway. The book you wish your parents had read. And Simon Sinek's Start with Why. You said you have a Himalayan salt lamp. Do we have one of them? Yeah, we yeah. that's what we call the lava lamp. The lava lamp, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have got one. Um, why, what are the benefits? Have you noticed any bits? I'm going to be honest, what are the benefits? Um, they're probably subdued. I'm going to be honest, the benefits are probably over a period of time. So in essence, you ask me, do I feel the benefit of using it and the next day feeling it? Probably not. Um, but if you ask me, do I like the ambience of it and then the... the, the the tone of light of it, definitely, right? Do I think that uh, plays a part in uh, switching off in the evening? Massively. Um, if you ask me, does it give it salt off in the room? I don't know, right? Obviously, people say it does, but I couldn't give you an honest opinion on that. But like sitting here in white light now, the, the Himalayan salt lamp, I find it really soothing. If I was gonna put one of them, in, I'd definitely put them in my child's room, right? It's fantastic, I like the ambience of it. It's fantastic for that perspective. 
Um, this, this guy got, this guy listens a lot. Ideal world. Okay. Ideal world. What other changes to your home, client's home, would you do or advise? Ideal world. What other changes to your home, client's home, would you advise? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd advise all junk food out of the house. Right? Whether you've got kids or not, take it out. Take it out. Right? I'd rather have fucking fruit in the, in the bowl rather than a chocolate bar in the kitchen. Right, that's 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 fundamentally what I would say is would be my advice on that front. Make your home more home uh, home based, fresh food, uh, and plenty of it, and more accessible. That's what advice. And all treats, Chris, uh, chocolate, etc. Don't have a treat drawer. Any of these factors? No, no, no. All go because what you want to be able to do is then when you do want a treat, you have to physically go out the house and you have to do the act of it. Okay, and actually, you probably enjoy the moment more. Okay, so yeah, that's what I'd probably say. On that front, would you have anything? Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. Uh, ideas if you change your household. Uh, have a dog. Yeah, have a dog. Um, dogs make you walk, so actually you generally become more active. Uh, so it's a good thing. Um, 27. How many hours sleep on average do you have? I think on average, I think it's either six and a half to seven hours a day. Um, sleep. Um, do you still nap? No, I don't nap. Sometimes. I used I used to nap, but actually, I figured out it's it just most mostly due to do with my food. It mostly to do my food or stress. So if I felt highly stressed, it I I it'd be like a fog in my head, and I won't be able to concentrate. So therefore, I'd need to. Uh, I feel like I need to close my eyes and shut myself off and have a nap just to give me uh, clarity of thought and let my brain rest. Uh, but lately, no, I don't nap. And on average, probably I get six hours to seven hours a night. But then on su Saturday to Sunday, I probably get eight and a half to nine. Right, So I do catch up a little bit on a Sunday. Um, how would you advise other people to manage their sleep? What I'd first of all is ask yourself a question. If you wake up in the night to go for a pee, you wake up in the night to have a drink of water, then your sleep quality is not great, right? Even if you said to me, Sam, I sleep eight hours a night, but I wake, I go to the toilet in the night. That's not great sleep. It's common, so it's common in in our in our environment. So if you said that to your friends, family, etc., they're probably the same thing. It's common, but it shouldn't be normal. But what we're doing, we're creating a new normal. So in essence, the answer to your question, Ricky. Um, Look at how many hours you're getting um, and look at if you wake up in the night. If you look at waking up in, waking up in the night, go backwards a step and look at your sleep routine. Okay, I get seven hours a night, but I don't wake up in the night. I don't go to the toilet. Um, I stay asleep all day, all night. Uh, Danny though, but I do. Um, so yeah, so therefore I have to look at my, if I was going to wake up in the night and start going to the toilet for a wee and stuff like that, I start to look at my pre-bed routine. Okay. Uh, and how I switch off in the evening. Um, this hit home the other day. A lot of people's perception of rest is very bizarre. Most people think rest is sitting in front of the TV and monging out and switching off that way, but that's not rest. That's what the body's asking for. The body's asking you to go to sleep, put your head down, but we always typically fight it because um, we think that is a form of rest, but actually in reality, it's not. Okay, so look at your bedtime routine and analyze that a little bit more.
If you're feeling stressed, would you rather sleep, play a video game, video game, go for a walk, speak to Danny or someone else, or do something entirely different? If, if I'm feeling stressed, I'll be honest, if I'm feeling stressed, if you ask me where I have the most control, I'd say work, so I'll probably do more work. That is correct on that front. Because I feel I can control that environment, so if I can control that environment, it makes me less stressed. Um, but also, I, w I would talk to other people. Uh, would I specifically talk to Danny? Uh, maybe not. Um, uh, based on the fact that I probably wouldn't know how to articulate it. Um, so would I talk to people like Rakesh? Uh, yes, a lot. Right. So when people are stressed, it's definitely definitely always good to get it off your chest. Um, would I speak to people like Stefan as well? Uh, yes, definitely, right? So it's always good to let your hair down, speak to someone else and let someone else uh, look at your thoughts and feelings. Uh, Rishi, you're probably a good one and I've done this in the past as well. So definitely um, something to look at and explore is talking to other people outside of your immediate family about stress. The thing I try to do, and it's quite common, you try and uh, protect the people close to you about the stress that you're going through. It's just a natural uh, protective mechanism that uh, I see a lot in men. What's your favorite type of biscuit? Wow. <laughs> Boom! I'm gonna be honest. This is a ball bomb. Danny has to serve it on a plate because you only put so many on a plate so it can't even go out the, into the jar which is a good thing from a behavior standpoint, but on a, uh, on a, um, on a, uh, on an honest point of view, um, most biscuits, I like most biscuits. I'm going to be honest. Most biscuits are my favorite. So I've not got a, a single type. Um, majority of them are mine. Short, okay, shortbread. No, shortbread biscuits are just, not worth the cake, the written, uh, not, quite, not worth what they're written on. Uh, don't taste that nice and boring as hell. Yeah, ginger. Oh, yeah, ginger biscuits. Yeah, but I like most cakes, don't I? Mm. Um, 30. Your roots. Uh, 30. Do you have a favorite uh, cake? Yeah, cheesecake. Now, Danny, Danny makes a badass cheesecake. I think I'm fair. What was it? This was a couple of days after dating, weeks after dating. A couple of weeks after dating, she made this cheesecake. Boom, badass. And then she tried to make it really healthy. That was a flipping <laughs> disaster. disaster, right? Trying to make a healthy cheesecake is just, didn't go down very well. Y'all, whoops. Uh, but cheesecake is my favorite. If you ever, um, if all the members, if you're at the studio, for example, and you want a cheesecake, speak to Angela Jeffrey. She'll bring in a nice cheesecake. Um, she's typically dangerous when she does, but Pekin G's cheesecake or normal cheesecake, boom. Or even Danny's cheesecake, perfect. Uh, your favorite food? You know, like. My favorite food is the same food. If I stay between a parameter, I'm good. If you ask me to diverse from that parameter, I'm an annoying guy. Uh, but for example, uh, my favorite food, I, I think it's more like Thai, would you say more like Thai? Mm, yeah, I suppose like Asian stuff. I think it's like Asian cuisine, like Thai, Thailand sort of stuff. 
uh, noodles and things like that. I think they, 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 that's also my... Also man food. And also real man food, Danny says. I think that's like shepherd's pie, sausage and mash, um, lasagna, all them big bad boys. Uh, Mum used to make them uh, chicken Kievs, right? <laughs> Here you go back, guys. Trust me, my mum used to give me some great meals. Uh, she used to say, Sam, you need it. You've got to play football later. I was like, oh, okay, mum, yeah. Uh, but yeah, all the all the thingy ones. But if I had a, if I had a preference, it'd be like a Asian Thailand cuisine. But sausage and mash is a, a massive one for me. Danny's sausage and mash. Perfect. You've all obviously seen the recipe. If you're not, then ask Danny for it. Mm -hmm. 32. We're getting there. Whew. Right, 32. Given you spoke about alcohol and your family history, how do you perceive alcohol and how much do you drink? Um, alcohol, uh, personally speaking, um, I don't drink that much. Um, very, very rarely. Um, in essence, probably, if you take pre-Danny uh, uh, pregnancy, um, would probably only drink at... Uh, my birthday, her birthday, anniversary, and then Christmas, um, typically. Uh, outside of that window, do we drink? Not really. Because um, I, don't, I don't feel a need for it. I don't, I don't get that urge to go, oh, it's Friday night, let's have a beer tonight. I don't get that urge. I don't get any satisfaction from that, to be honest. Um, so, in essence, some people obviously are different. Some people like a glass of wine. Some people, some people look forward to it. Some people wind down with it. And I've got no qualms with that. I've got a lot of clients who drink wine, champagne at the weekends. As long as they know the trade-offs to that and understand that if they want to lose weight, there is trade-offs that you have to make in the week to have that, then that's cool. But um, in essence, for example, you're knowing um, alcohol is it's, it's, it's your own. It's what, what attachment you have to it. Do I have... Um, if someone's got a real attachment to it, will I say something about it? Yes. But in essence, everyone's to their own. Everyone's got their own thing, what they turn to. Uh, mine's just not alcohol. 33. If you had a final meal, what would it be? Start, main, dessert or drink? Starters, I don't really do. Main, so this would probably be like this. If it was last meal, main would probably be... Oh, that's a tough one. It could be sausage and mash. Toad in the hole. Or toad in the hole. Like something like that, or even the steak. So again, there's quite a few variations. I'd have two desserts though, so I wouldn't have a starter, but I'd have two desserts. I'd have cheesecake with ice cream or cream, but then I'd have a cheese board as well, as it's my last meal. And then drink, I'd probably have a, a gin and tonic. Okay, good. Boom. Your favorite film? Oh, I love this one. Did he ask me the question about that? No. Ricky. Right. Yes. Okay. My favourite actor is Denzel Washington. Boom. Give me a thumbs up if you all love Denzel Washington. Good old Denzel, right? That man's a legend. Um, my favourite films, I've got quite, I've got, I think I've got three good hitters. My first one is Gladiator. That's not Denzel Washington, that's Russell Crowe. Again, he's a great actor, in my opinion. Bit weird, but... Russell Crowe, Gladiator, one of the biggest films that I loved when I was growing up. Uh, second one is Man on Fire by Denzel Washington. If no one's ever watched Man on Fire, you need to find it online now. Download it illegally. 
and watch it. Take the legally part out, download it legally. Um, but Man on Fire, massively. I love that film. That film epitomizes uh, a lot of things. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it. I could watch it over and over again. Um, my third film. Uh, third film, it's Denzel Washington who plays a gangster. What was it called? Denzel Washington plays a um, plays a gangster. Oh man, what's it called? Um, Harlem Gangster plays. If anyone knows, then you can put it in there. But then again, that's my third one. So predominantly Denzel Washington or Russell Crowe. But the uh, the gangster films got Russell Crowe in and then Denzel Washington. Perfect for me. Um, your favorite Christmas film? Wow. <laughs> Favourite Christmas film? Wow. I ain't got one, I don't think. Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone, but yeah. Take it or leave it. What's your favourite superhero? Favourite superhero? I'd have to say Iron Man. No, not Train Day. Train Day is a good one, but it's not Train Day. Um... My favourite superhero has got to be um, Iron Man. Definitely Iron Man. I like his gadget, uh, gadgets and uh, his suit and stuff like that. I think that's pretty cool. And it still looks normal. I'm quite rich. Mm, your favourite Disney movie? Um, favourite Disney movie? There's quite a few. Uh, as, I can, as I remember from a kid. So I'll give you the ones I remember as a kid. Lady and the Tramp. Great one. I used to love that one. Um, Lion King, Dumbo. They're my, they're, they're my three. The three classics, the classics, not the remakes. Classics. Even Lion King, I watched the remake of it and I thought it was terrible. Um, so yeah, the originals. I've done that. I've done, I've just, I just answered 30, question 37 and 38. Boom. With a pinnacle. American Gangster. Boom, Mel, you're a legend. The most, uh, oh. two more questions, guys. This is, how long has this been? Nearly an hour and 15 minutes. Hour and 15 minutes, kidding me. Wow, been online. It will be in five minutes, yeah. Okay. Right, two lads, guys, and then we're going to get off. So, the most rewarding aspect of doing what you're doing as the owner of Youth Studio, the most rewarding aspect is touching on people's lives uh, when they never thought there's uh, something out there for them. A lot of you can probably uh, understand this. If you've always been searching for something to uh, find your place or to fit in or to have someone who supports you, um, that's the, probably the biggest uh, biggest reward I get from UFIT is that UFIT has become a place for people who once perceived there's nowhere out there for them or can help them, UFIT becomes that place. So for me, that's that place. That's the most rewarding aspect of my job. Um, if you could have an hour with anyone dead or alive, not immediate family, who would it be? Dead or alive? Mm. It'd have to be Steve Jobs. Yeah. 
the reason why it'd have to be Steve Jobs, I could probably could, I could probably do quite a few, but Steve Jobs comes to mind because Steve Jobs uh, reinvented Apple, uh, reinvented it to be in essence to become what it is today. So his ability to be creative, think outside the box, challenge the status quo um, about his ideas, about his vision, about how he perceives products, etc., etc. That's what I like. Right? I'd love to say to him, for example, right now. Okay, what product or what do you envision or what do you feel you could create to change the fitness industry? And it'd be fascinating to see what he said. So, Steve Jobs. Boom. That is four zero. Forty questions. I've ate all the biscuits. I've ate the drink. Drank the drink. I'm all. Oh, it's got a bit more. Look, biscuit here. Right, any more questions? You got me for four minutes. Any more questions I can ask for you. If you love this show, I would like to make it a regular thing. So if you do love it, then let me know. Uh, but again, if you can, give me more questions um, and I'll see what I can do. But yeah, I'd love to keep this going. Uh, actually, I enjoy it. It's probably one of the most exciting parts uh, of my weekend. Um, um, because it challenges me in different ways, guys. So if you've got any questions, then please ask me as of this moment right now. No one's got any questions. Come in then. What's the single biggest change you've made in your life to make it better? Don't live in don't live in fear. The biggest thing we've been don't live in fear. Don't fear what people judge. Don't fear what people think. Don't fear failing. Don't live in fear. Come on to my podcast for an episode. I'll do that all day long. You can even show me how to set one up. Can't it? You can show me how to set one up, can't you? Make sure the questions are legit, though. <laughs> there any other questions, guys? Because then it's time for uh, Homeland. Homeland. Be with a uh, little baby like this. <laughs> Deal. Boom. Right, guys. If anyone's got any questions, uh, you got literally two minutes on the clock. Then I'm out. If someone gives me a question, I'll stay and answer it. But two minutes and then I'm out. So the clock starts on Danny's phone now. And for the members who are watching, we have got the best Christmas party coming up ever. Trust me, this is going to be phenomenal. If you can't make it, um, guess what? I'll do a Facebook Live with them there. 
but trust me, it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, very excited. Next Saturday is where it's at. Have you put it on yet? I just, I'm just knowing it is. Okay. How long is that? <laughs> About a minute and a half. Minute and a half. If we can get quick questions, quick punchy questions, I'd love that. So, guys, if you've got any quick punchy questions, then do so. Okay. I'm hungry. Danny's hungry, as always. What are you buying now? What's, dessert? What's for dessert next week? Ch ch chocolate fondues, hot chocolate and Baileys, marshmallows on the fire, you name it, we got it, we're bringing it. But guess what, Manish, you're not allowed any. Not really, mate. <laughs> One minute left. Exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? One exercise. What do you mean physical? Um one exercise. Wow. It'd, be, it'd have to be a body part I could see. Chest. Uh, I don't think that's even possible, Rishi. One exercise for the rest of my life. Wow. Um that's a hard one, I can't even answer that. Thirty seconds. Actually no time's up. Thirty seconds. Thank you, Vimal. Boom. See you tomorrow, ready to rock it. Fifteen seconds. Ten. One more question. No. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Peace out. Layers. Much appreciated. See you soon.